Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the 10 to Track Weekly World Match Previews Podcast. I am your host, Soccer Noob. Normally I am joined by my 8-year-old daughter, Person Noob, who is the real star of the show to be honest. Uh, but she is out this weekend, family trip. But she is here both in spirit, I'd like to think, as I am still using the computer desk under her lofted bed with blankets thrown down as our recording studio. And as you will hear soon, she is uh, still pre-recorded for our countdown duties Thank goodness we need all the noob we can get, don't we? At least I do. So what is it exactly that we do here? Since this is a comparatively new podcast out there, mini previews of the 10 most important matches in the entire world uh, for this week covering matches from Friday, uh, February 26th through Thursday, March 4th. But most important, we can put that in air quotes. Noob defines most important by matches that are paramount to exactly where they are being played. Uh, we like to cover one versus two matchups in domestic top flight league associations, uh, FA, and even occasionally league cup finals. No super cups, don't care for those. Uh, even uh, minnow possibilities in those uh, FA cups. It doesn't matter what the size of the country is. If there's going to be a trophy on the line or the match is a real big deal for some reason exactly where it's being played noob is going to be there and we'll go absolutely anywhere in the world as you will soon find out so with no more gilding on the lily let's get started with match number one there's my girl and for our first match as always we keep things chronological for the week this is a friday match our first one we head to northern ireland we're going to be very europe heavy this week by happenstance the nifl premiership uh it is uh just a semi-professional league and all the clubs hold that status and so, as you might imagine, they're not way up the UEFA coefficients. This is just ranked as the number 42 league on the continent. Uh, puts them between uh, Albania and Georgia. Uh, as such, they only get one Champions League berth, and that team has to start in the first qualifying round. They do get a couple of Europa Conference League first qualifying round berths. Just to note, as I like to make each week since they've never played that tournament before, this year is going to be the first year of the ECL. It's going to go Champions League, Europa League, and now there's going to be a tertiary tournament below that. In any case, our teams, we have number one, Linfield, taking on second place in the table, Larn. Here's how things stand in the table. Linfield lead by three, and they have a match in hand, so they're in really good shape. Uh, Larn, in turn, lead by three over, uh, lead by three points over number three, Crusaders. There we go. A little bit about each. Linfield, they are from a, a really historically troubled part of the country, and specifically, uh, portion of Belfast. They're located in the southern area. It's very sectarian, very Protestant. Uh, they do get the uh, they do get the good fortune to play at the national stadium there. And historically, they are one of, in a way, the greatest teams of all time, at least in Europe. They have 54 league titles to their credit as a club, and that is tied for the most in at least Europe, maybe the world, with uh, club Rangers of Scotland. Uh, the Champions League, their best finish was all the way back in 1966. Uh, 19, yes, 1966-1967, they made the quarterfinals. wasn't even called the Champions League then. It was the predecessor tournament. Uh, they typically tend to fall out uh, very early in those rounds, uh, just being semi-professional teams. Uh, when they do get to go to the Europa League, uh, they don't tune to do any better than the third qualifying round. Uh, domestically, though, very good. They are the two-time defending champions, good on defense, 
great on offense, number one in the league, and uh, they have the top two scorers in the league on their side, in fact. A little bit about the best one. His name is Andrew Waterworth. He plays forward for them. Uh, he has also played for uh, teams in the area, in that region, Hamilton Academical. He was with them all the way back in 2008. He's uh, long in the tooth soccer-wise, and he made a few national team appearances for Northern Ireland in the mid-2000s. And they are managed by David Healy, who interestingly, as a player, is the national team's all-time leading scorer in Northern Ireland. Uh, if you follow uh, more of the British football, his name might be familiar to you, as he also has spent time at Preston North End and Leeds. Meanwhile, your challenger's Lauren. That's a, a town, I hesitate to call it a city, it's about 20,000 on the northeast coast. Uh, they just got promoted, or probably more specifically re-promoted, uh, just a couple years ago, 2018-2019. Last year, they finished number six here in the Premiership. Very well balanced. Top three in both offense and defense. Man to look for in the box score. David McDade. He is a striker, Northern Irish, and uh, top 10 scorer in the league. If his name is familiar to you, it might be because you follow the teams from the Republic of Ireland. He has uh, played for a slew of them over there, but he's gotten older. He has now come home to Northern Ireland. Match number B. And thank you, Person Noob, for reminding us that number two is bathroom talk. We don't believe in it. I'm raising a right. One, B, three, four, five, six, seven, and so on. Join the revolution. Enjoy number B down with the digit two. In any case, uh, yes, this show does kind of go in some weird directions occasionally. That's okay. Part of what makes us different. Match number B. We stay in Europe and we are off to Bulgaria for the first professional football league there. It is the number 23 rated league in UEFA. Puts them right there between a couple of Laplandic teams, uh, Sweden and Norway, and they're up four uh, since last year. So welcome to the top half of the UEFA coefficients Bulgarian first pro football league. Uh, the top six teams are going to make a uh, championship round for like the last third of the season. And then interestingly, the next four teams will compete for the right to play one of those other top six teams for one of the ECL berths that the uh, league gets. So an interesting format. And like of, uh, most of non-Northern Europe, they're about halfway through the season or so there. Your match, number one, Le Dugaretz Razgra taking on uh, number B, PFC CSKA Sofia. A lot of alphabet soup there, but that's okay. Le Dugaretz, keep working on my pronunciations to keep my editor happy. I'm doing my best, the management. Uh, Le Dugaretz lead by three. Sofia, in turn, lead number three, Lokomotiv Plovdiv by two. And uh, these are the only two teams that have already secured berths in uh, that top six championship round for the league. First, a little bit about Ludogorets Razgrad. They are the eagles. Uh, in Bulgarian, Ludogorets means like crazy or mad forest, which I just thought was sort of fun. And it refers to the northeast region of the country where they're located. And there are lots of crazy trees. Uh, they have nine league titles historically to their name, and they are all in a row through right now. So they are the nine-time defending champions. Uh, in uh, UEFA, they are uh, ranked right in the uh, top 50. They're currently tied with Marseille, about number 56, 57. Twice they have made the Champions League uh, group stage. Uh, this past year, though, uh, they did uh, they did win once to get to the second qualifying round of the Champions League, but then they lost, and then they lost all of their Europa League group stage matches. Domestically, doing much better. Number one offense in the league. They're the only team that's scoring more than two goals per game, and that's really where they have to separate because really uh, more than half the teams in the league are all within a couple of goals of each other uh, statistically, so there's not a lot of differentiation in the defense. 
The scoring often comes courtesy of number two leading league scorer, Claudio Caseru. He's a striker, 34 years old. Uh, if you follow uh, League One in France, he has played for uh, Nantes and uh, Angers through the better part of the 2000s, so it's been a little while. If you follow the international side of the game, he has made 40 national team appearances since 2013. Who's been setting him up for the most part? Anton Nedyalkov. He is a left back, 27, apparently something of a box to box player, setting up assists. Top 10 in that category in the league. In fact, there are three, t- three guys on this team that are uh, all tied for the same number of assists. But I wanted to mention uh, Nedyalkov because. If you're an MLS fan, his name may uh, ring a bell. He played for FC Dallas for uh, all or at least some part of 2018. He made nine appearances for that MLS squad. And uh, in terms of uh, his own international play, he has made 19 national team appearances since 2016 from Bulgaria. And then... Uh, on the leaderboard for clean sheets, they've got a very good goalie, uh, Reynan, the one named, as is often the case of players from Brazil, who is 31 years old. If you like your condomable football, he played for Botafogo from 2008 to 2015. Meanwhile, Sofia, uh, CSKA specifically, and that acronym refers to them as an army team. They have the most league titles historically, 31 league titles, although the last time they won was 2007-2008. They made the Champions League semifinal twice, uh, but once was in the 1960s and once in the 80s, so it's been a long time since that success. Uh, This year they made the Europa League group stage, uh, but they finished in last there. Um, They're a bit lower in the UEFA rankings. They are considered the number 138 team in UEFA, which puts them right behind uh, probably the top team over in Wales, TNS, the New Saints. They're in the top three in offense. That's where their bread gets buttered. They have top 10 league scorer from Gambia, Ali Sowe, or I shouldn't say they have him. They had him, and this is what makes it interesting. Is Sofia going to be able to keep up without that guy? Because he just got sent off to uh, Rostov of the Russian Premier League on the leaderboard for assists and looking for somebody new to set up, apparently, uh, Portuguese international Tiago Rodriguez. Uh, This is his first time playing outside of the uh, Portuguese football system. Porto has always had his rights, but he's made no appearances for them, I don't think. They have always loaned him out. Then they also have a very good goalkeeper, uh, top five in clean sheets, another Brazilian, Gustavo Busato. Uh, the biggest club he's probably played for uh, was uh, Gremio, but I don't think he made many appearances for them. They usually loaned him out as well. Match number three. Get ready to earn some frequent flyer miles. We are headed off to South America, the Copa do Brasil final. This is the Brazilian FA Cup. And it's a pretty big deal down there, even uh, compared to tournaments in uh, Europe like this. In Europe, usually the winner of the FA Cup in every given country gets to go to the secondary tournament internationally, the Europa League. In a lot of Asian countries, and I believe in all the South American countries, the winner of the FA Cups get to go to the next year's Champions League. And in fact, at the very least in Brazil, they get to qualify all the way through to the group stage. If you want to catch this one on the tube, you can do so on FS2 at 2 o'clock on on Sunday, that's uh, Eastern Time U.S. The matchup is two Brazilian Serie A teams, as you might imagine. 
Gremio versus Palmyris. And this is a bigger deal for Gremio than Palmyris. So it'll be interesting to uh, see who's starting the most starters and who's giving some players the rest as uh, things are down in the nitty gritty. I think every team in Serie A there only has one league match to go. Uh, Palmyris, the reason it's not quite such a big deal for them, not that they wouldn't want the trophy, of course, but they just won the current year's Champions League, which means they automatically, as part of their prize, no matter how they do next year, they are already qualified for next year's, and I say Champions League, but there it's called the Copa Libertadores, want to get that right, to that tournament's group stage as things are. Gremio, meanwhile, is just number six in the league with one match to go. I think they might be mathematically guaranteed a spot in the Champions League at this point, uh, Copa Libertadores, but I'm not 100% sure of that. What I do know is that they cannot climb high enough in the table with one match to go that they would automatically get to start in the group stage. They would have to start from farther back, so they've got a little bit more on the line. Now, if you've been a regular listener to this show, you know that I've already been previewing uh, each of these teams probably two, three times because it's been very late in the Brazilian Serie A season. The games there have been very, very important. So rather than do a traditional mini preview and give you a lot of the same information, it's time for what is becoming our weekly visit from my great dear friend, he of the weirdly slightly bluish skin for some reason, I guess it's part of age, 3,500 years old, the white flowing hair, the robe, you get the picture. He is the mighty soothsayer of all the world and particularly our soccer world, Noobstradamus. We're very interested to know what you think of this match because we want to know who to bet on and make lots and lots of money. Take it away, old friend. Hello again from the Thracian plains of Greece. You want a prognostication for the Copa do Brasil final? How's this? I predict that you'll get no such soothsaying from me this week and like it. Our contract clearly said in return for my services, one six-pack of tab not the fresca you've been shipping out here weekly. Is it refreshing? Of course, but details are important. If I let this slide, and yes, I received the memorandum from your attorney about liability because of tabs, saccharin. Noob, I'm 3,500 years old. You think artificial sweetener is going to take me out? Asshat. And the fact that they don't make it anymore is a noob problem, not a me problem. Get it figured out. Okay, full disclosure. After last week's drug-fueled, incorrect divination regarding the Frankfurt Bayern Munich match, I went cold turkey off smoking lotus leaves for this week. I'm a bit... cranky pants. But it's nothing some tab wouldn't solve. No match prediction for you. Stick that in your cup of Brazil or something. Wow. Okay, duly noted. The, uh, the, the fresca is out. Refreshing it as it is. <sighs> Tab. It's a me, it's a new problem. They don't make it. I mean, I can get a soda stream and uh, try to put something together that tastes a little bit like it, I suppose. But, I mean, if he wants actual saccharin, 
The other part of our agreement with him is every week we send him a uh, bag of loose prescription pills, unlabeled, uh, that he can just in ingest whenever he wants. Uh, maybe if I spice up that bag a little bit, we can uh, put him off on the whole tab saccharin bit. <laughs> so far to date, we've only been uh, sending him uh, Flintstones that we sandpaper down the, uh, you know, the, the faces and, and body engravings on, so they just look plain. He doesn't know a Flintstones chewable vitamin from anything else. So we've been working them on the cheap. Hopefully he's not listening to this segment. Uh, they taste good. And Noobster Dramas hasn't noticed the difference so far. Hopefully next week we can get an actual gambling tip from him. Match number four. We're back to Europe to the uh, Danish Super League uh, Sunday match. Another one. Uh, this league is rated number 14 in UEFA, which is down one from a year ago. They got passed by Scotland in the coefficients, but the top 15 get a couple of Champions League bursts, and so they're still in good position to have those. I think, but not am 100% sure, that the league will still get one Europa League berth in addition to their FA Cup winner, and then, of course, two uh, ECL berths. This is another one of those leagues that uh, about three-quarters of the way through the season, they're going to divide into two separate groups, a championship round and a relegation round, uh, six teams in each. Your combatants, number B, Mituland, taking on number one, Bronby. Bronby lead right now by one in the table. Uh, Mituland, in turn, lead our house by four. Bronby, so far, are the only team in the league that have guaranteed themselves a berth in the league championship round. Mituland just about have it wrapped up, as you might imagine. Uh, first, Mituland, they are known as the Wolves. Uh, they were founded just in 1999, although technically the history goes back further. Like a lot of clubs in Europe and probably anywhere in the world, uh, they were formed by a merger. There were two rival smaller clubs uh, in the towns or villages of Herning, and I'm going to pronounce it ICAST or ECAST, I-K-A-S-T. Uh, they were rival clubs in central uh, Jutland, which is what Mituland means. It looks more like mid, M-I-D. It's mid or central Jutland, the main part of Denmark. Uh, so they got together, decided to form one club so that they could have a uh, greater impact on football in the country. And they have been very good. Three league titles to their credit already, and they are the defending champions. Uh, UEFA coefficients put them, just to lend some perspective, uh, just outside the top 100 and right basically ahead of Hoffenheim from the German Bundesliga. Not bad. Uh, they made the Champions League this year, uh, but they finished in last place, fourth in the group stage. And yet that is the best that they have ever done in international play, at least as far as the Champions League. In the domestic league, the Superliga, they have uh, the third best offense and defense. The offense... Sori Kaba is their main guy, top 10 league scorer from Gambia. He's a forward. Uh, if his name is familiar to you, you follow some of the bigger European leagues then probably. Elche in La Liga in Spain, he's appeared there. And Dijon having a very rough year in France. I could probably use him back in League One. He's also got 14 Gambian national team caps to his credit since 2017. The main man setting him up. Anders Dreyer, or Dreyer, D-R-E-Y-E-R, -E -E top 10 in the league in assists, right winger, just 22 years old. Uh, if you're a Premier League guy, his name could ring a bell for you. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion have had his rights from 2018 through last year, but I don't think he ever appeared from them. I know at the very least, primarily, they loan him out to uh, Scottish club St. Marin and a Dutch club uh, here in Veen. Uh, so far, he doesn't have any senior team caps, but he has played with all levels of the youth national team, so it probably won't be too much longer for him. Meanwhile, Bronby, your league leaders. Uh, Bronby is a southwest suburb of the capital city of Copenhagen. Uh, they're rated just a little bit further down by UEFA, number 137. Uh, puts them between uh, Dundalk of uh, Ireland, or Dundalk, I should say, Ellis Silent, and uh, Sion of uh, the Swiss Super League. 
They have 10 league titles, but they won them all between 1985 and 2005. Uh, they're very regular. They're usually at the top of the standings, so they're very regular in the Europa League, but they always finish just a round or two shy of the group stage. Uh, the Champions League group stage, they made that once, but that was all the way back in 1998-99. Last year in this league, they finished number four. Uh, good defense, great offense, number one offense. In fact, and they're the only team scoring more than two goals per match on average. They have the number one league score in Jesper Lindstrom. Uh, he is a winger and just 20 years old. He just got his first national team cap last year. And uh, get used to seeing his name in some bigger places. There have already been rumors about him going to places like Arsenal, uh, Leipzig, and uh, Ajax over in the Dutch era DVC. And then setting him up also to look at the box score. Key player and tied for number one in assists, homegrown forward, Mikhail Ure, U-H-R-E. Hope I'm getting the pronunciation right. Match number five. We stay in Europe and on Sunday, we're headed to the Netherlands this time. Their top flight is the Eredivisie. That is the number eight UEFA rated league. That is up two from a year ago, uh, passing up uh, Belgium and Ukraine. So now they get one Champions League group stage berth and they get another berth in the second qualifying round in addition to two Europa Conference League berths. And an interesting side note for this league is I haven't noticed it at least with any other ones. Starting this month, February, Dutch teams have been able to use an extra sub as relates to a presumably uh, expanded concussion protocol. So, good on them. In any case, the match itself, number B, PSV Eindhoven, is playing host to number one Ajax. Ajax lead them by six. PSV, in turn, lead club AZ by four in the table. Uh, Ajax won the last time they played. It was an FA Cup match uh, on February 10. They won it two to one. Eindhoven, if they have any real hopes for the league title, they've it's not quite a must win. A, a draw would be okay-ish, but this is going to be their best chance to make up any chunk of points all at once, of course, in a head-to-head. -head. They really need to snag all three here at home. A little bit about them. Eindhoven, your hosts and challengers, they're known as the Light Bulbs. They're named for uh, the Philips Corporation that is headquartered there internationally. The P and PSV stands for Philips. In fact, the club was started originally for their employees way back. Uh, despite this, they also have a secondary name. They're, uh, even though there's a big international headquarters there, they're in the part of the country that's considered a bit more provincial. Uh, so they're known as the peasants and the farmers as well. They have 24 league titles to their credit. That's second most in the nation's history. Second to number one Ajax, as you might guess. Uh, they won the Europa League in 1987-88 uh, and then the Champions League 10 years later, but not so much this century. This last year, they lost to Olympiacos in the Europa League round of 32. Uh, they've actually been making the Champions League group stages the last few times they've gotten there. So this is a club that has really been on the rise. That said, they finished just number four last year. They are 2-2-1 two, two, and one in their last five and need to pick up that pace a little bit if they're going to try and catch Ajax. Pretty good on defense, better on offense. That's where their bread gets buttered. They have the number two league leading scorer and he's top 10 in assists, Danielle Madden. He is a forward and only 22 years old. Uh, he actually spent eight years in the Ajax youth system and then two more with Arsenal over in the Premier League. And uh, even though he's so young, he's already got six uh, national team uh, caps dating back to 2019. Also on this team, top 10 in assists is Philip Max. He is a German. He plays left back. Uh, he played with uh, Schalke over the Bundesliga in his homeland. And then five years with uh, Augsburg, probably where you might be most likely to know his name from. And he earned three national team caps all within the last year. 
I've also got a very good goalkeeper, Ivan Mvogo, I'm going to pronounce it, M-V-O-G-O. He is uh, Swiss by nationality or international eligibility, but he's actually Cameroon-born. Uh, he is currently with this team on loan from the Bundesliga's uh, Leipzig. Uh, if you follow the Swiss game at all, then you'll be very familiar with him. He was with uh, Young Boys, one of their best teams from 2011 to 2017. And uh, then he spent two seasons with Leipzig, but he only made like five appearances for him. And uh, as far as his time with the Swiss national team, he has got three caps uh, since 2018. And your number one this year and historical team in the country, Ajax. You probably already know a lot about them and I've covered them somewhat recently. So just a mini, mini preview on them, if you will. Uh, they are considered the defending champions. They, the league didn't technically uh, award a, a first place finish title uh, for 2019-20 due to COVID. So uh, due to the fact that they won the year before, they're considered the defending title holders. Uh, number one offense and defense in the league by a lot. To be honest, even at home, Eindhoven is going to have their hands full. They've got a top 10 league score, and he's number one in assists in the league. A Serbian named Dusan Tadic, uh, he is uh, a forward. He played for Southampton from 2014 to 18. So if his name rings a bell, that might be why. And he's been playing for the Serbian national team since all the way back in 2008. They've also got the league's best goalkeeper, as you might imagine. His name is Andre Onana from Cameroon, just 24. And yet he's already been earning caps for the national team there for the last three years. Match number six. Spending more of our Sunday in Europe, we head further west and north to Scotland for their League Cup final. Now, notice I don't say the FA Cup. That is uh, one of the two uh, big trophies in every European country. The League Cup is sort of a tertiary uh, trophy. It's open to fewer league teams in Scotland. It's open to all the teams from the top four divisions, plus the winner last year from each of the two Tier 5 leagues also gets to play in this. Uh, up until 1995, this was a little bit bigger deal because the winner got a Europa League berth, although really it wasn't very often needed. Whoever won that, uh, this particular event, was usually qualifying for a European competition, either through the FA Cup or through finishing very, very high in the league. One other interesting thing that they uh, do with this, and it's not totally unique to Scotland, I've seen it before, but not recently, uh, in the group stage part of this that precedes the knockout round for the competition, if a match ends in a draw, they still have a shootout, and the winner of that penalty shootout gets one extra point, so it's possible to earn two points, which is uh, almost unique. Your finalists are St. Johnstone and Livingston, and the match is going to be played at a neutral site in Glasgow. St. Johnstone. They're known as the Saints. They're from a town in the southwest part of the country of about 50,000 called Perth. Uh, their biggest domestic success probably came back in 2013-14 when they won the FA Cup. Uh, this year, they are just number eight in the Scotch Premiership, the top league. Their offense and defense are very middling at best. They do, however, have the top scorer for this particular event, or I should say tied for number two, rather, Stevie May. He's a striker for them, and uh, he has spent some time with Sheffield Wednesday and Preston in North End over in England and even had a national team cap back in 2014. Meanwhile, Livingston, they are, are a town of about 60,000 uh, trapped almost halfway between Edinburgh and Glasgow, so kind of a quasi-home match for them. They are known as the Lions, their best domestic success. They won this event, the League Cup, back in 2003-2004. Uh, just as recently as four years ago, they were in League One in the, in the Scottish Pyramid System, which is the third division in Scotland, so they've really been coming up in the uh, last couple of years. 
Right now, they are rated number five in the league, and they have they are the ones that have the number one event score. Alan Forrest, he's an attacking midfielder. Match number seven. Lucky number seven has us getting the heck out of Europe, even though it is still yet another Sunday match. We like to travel fast. We're headed to Bangladesh, their Premier League, which in the AFC is rated number 25 out of 46, so just a little bit better than average. They're uh, not quite halfway through the season in this particular country, so just a little bit behind Europe on their calendar, and I think they might play a slightly shorter season as well. The winner of this league does not get to go to the AFC Champions League. I've explained this before, so bear with me. I think it's a very unique thing. In Europe, you have the Champions League, and then you're... uh, Smaller countries, second and third place teams will go to uh, the Europa League and the Europa Conference League starting this next year. It's a little bit different in Asia. All the top probably oh, 12 or 13 leagues get their champions into the AFC. It might even be a few more than that. The more important thing is that roughly half the league, the countries are considered, quote, soccer developing, end quote, which I think there is their way of either saying soccer is not the most important sport in your country and or it's just a poor nation with a lot, a lot of money to develop their system, at least yet. And so the winners of those countries, knowing that they would never do very well in the Champions League more than likely until they can get more money, soccer become a bigger deal in their countries, they have a separate tournament, the AFC Cup. The Bangladesh winner gets to go to that. Anyway, the match, number B, Dhaka Abahani taking on number one in the table, Basundara Kings. Uh, The Kings lead by nine. Uh, Abahani do have a match in hand, but kind of like our Dutch match from before with the number B team playing host. If they want any chance to catch up with the Kings, they've got to get three points at home. Both these teams are undefeated, as is uh, number three, Sheikh Russell. Just some of these teams have more draws than others. Sheikh Russell has a lot. In any case, Abahani. Interesting. They are known as the Sky Blue Brigade, despite the fact that there is absolutely no blue anywhere in their crest, albeit some of their kits feature a lot of blue. Uh, They're rated within the top 75 of clubs in the AFC. Last year, unofficially, the league did not not award a title, but uh, when the season got abandoned for COVID, they were number one. They have six official titles to their credit, most recently in 2017-18, and that is the most in the country's history. They have top 10 league scorer, a Brazilian named Francisco Torres. He is a striker. I think he must have come over because Indonesia is taking their COVID a little bit more seriously in some other areas. At least I assume that's the reason. The Indonesian Legal One has not been playing this year. So this guy said, hey, I need to check. I might want to head over. At least that's my guess how that happened. In any case, they also have the number two league assist man in uh, Raihan Hassan. He is a right back, and uh, he has 30 national team caps in Bangladesh going all the way back to 2013. And then they have the second best goalkeeper in the league statistically, uh, Shah Dool. Alam Sohel, and uh, he has earned 22 national team caps also for Bangladesh since 2011. Meanwhile, the team that looks like they're trying to run away with the league, Basundara Kings, they're from a town called, or not town, city, Nilfamari. I say town sometimes because it isn't familiar to me, but this is a city of over 2 million people. This is part of the reason I like to follow football from all over the world. It's not just about the football. I love learning the geography and the demographics. It's a great lens through which to look at the world. Anyway, enough of that nerdy stuff. Two million people there. It's about 250 miles northwest of Dhaka. They were founded just in 2013. Uh, they've risen through the ranks very quickly. In fact, they won the second division on their very first try in 2017. 
They're currently rated, but very much on the rise as the number 141 team in the AFC. Uh, they have a title to their credit already here in the top flight. They won the 2018-19 version. Unfortunately, uh, because of COVID, the AFC Cup was canceled the following year, so they didn't get to play. Uh, they have the number one offense and defense in the league. Number one league scorer. I've talked about him before covering this team, uh, Rabinho from Brazil. So a little bit about the number three league scorer, because they also have this guy from Argentina. Raul uh, Becerra, or Becerra, uh, he is a veteran as well, kind of in the twilight of his career that I'm guessing. He just came over from uh, a Qatar club called Um Salal, and Qatar has one, is either rated second or third in league association rankings for the AFC. A little bit of a step down for him, but trying to help them to a title. They also have a top 10 assist man in Brazilian Fernandez. He is a midfielder, spent a lot of his career with Botafogo back home in Brazil, and they get to brag the number one goalkeeper in the league, Anasur Rahman, another homegrown. He's just 23 years old. Be interesting to see if he ever makes it over to Europe or more than likely probably to some better uh, Asian leagues first. He's already got a couple of national team caps to his credit. Now is the time of the podcast where we will take a break from tracking the upcoming week and do what we purport to do, and that's actually track matches. Let's do a recap of last week's Tend to Track. Our Friday match was the UEFA Women's European qualifying match into the group stage between Finland and Portugal. They were tied in the table. Finland had a bunch on goal differential. Finland won one to nothing, so they win the group. They move on to the Euros next year. Portugal will probably not finish in the top three of second place finishers from the various groups, and they will have to win uh, one more playoff game against another group also ran to try to get into next year's tournament. Uh, Linda Salstrom scored a goal for Finland, by the way, gal, we said to look for. Match number B, we went to Uganda, where number one Vipers took on number two Police, and Vipers won 3-2. Saturday, match number three, the Bundesliga. We had uh, Frankfurt taking on Bayern Munich, and Frankfurt surprised with a 2-1 win, despite the fact that our prognosticator, Noobsterdam, has said it would go otherwise. Boo on him, I say as if I didn't write it. Uh, Sunday, match number four. Uh, Italy's Serie A was where we went. Number two, Milan, taking on number one, Inter Milan, for Derby de la Madonnina, and Inter won in a route. Very rude guests, nil three. And uh, their most famous player, Lukaku, he got a goal and an assist. Match number five, we went to Austria, where number one, Salzburg, took on number B, Rapid Vienne, and Salzburg won 4-2. A fellow named Patson Daka had a hat trick, and then, wow, talk about your European Player of the Week. As if the hat trick wasn't impressive enough, Mergrim Barisha got four assists. And then for the visitors, Irkan or Irsan Kara had a goal, guy we said to look for. Match number six, Brazil's top league, the Serie A. We had, they're at the very end of their season, so this was super critical. Best match of the week. Number B, Flamengo, taking on number one, Internacional, probably for the title. And Flamengo won 2-1. to one. And a guy we said to watch out for, De Erasqueda, guy got a goal and an assist on the other goal. So he was your star there for the likely title winners. Our seventh match, we went to the Greek Super League, where number one Olympiakos running away with the league uh, took on number two Eris Thessalonica, and it went to a 1-1 draw, and so they uh, remain in the same spots in the table there. Match number eight was the She Believes Cup, sort of an international friendly tournament, an invitational here in the U.S. And unlike most podcasts, instead of doing the USWNT, we went a little bit less traveled road and gave you a mini preview of Argentina versus Canada. And the result was a win for Canada. Not a surprise. Argentina 
Argentina is well down the uh, FIFA rankings compared to the other three teams that took place. Canada won nil one, and I believe after matches later in the week, uh, they ended up finishing in third and fourth, respectively, in the event that the U.S. women's national team won. Congratulations to them. Monday, match number nine, we went to Saudi Arabia to their top flight pro league. Uh, number one, Al-Shabaab took on number B, Al-Ali, and Shabaab won three to two. Uh, let's see, Al-Ali dropped to number three with the loss, and uh, Al-Halal have moved into uh, the second place spot. Christian Guanca had a goal, a person we said to look for in the box score. Thursday, our match number 10, we went back to Europe to Armenia. For number one, Ararat Yerevan taking on uh, number B, Ararat Armenia. There was a three-way tie in the table between those two and Alashkurt, and the hosts came out on top. Ararat Yerevan won one to nil. Your route of the week bonus match. The specifics on the bonus matches of your first-time listener will become a little bit clearer, but you could probably figure it out very shortly. We went to, and by the way, thank you for voting on these on Twitter. We went to the route of the week, a Saturday match to Guadalupe, their division of honor. Uh, number one of the group, number two overall in the aggregate standings in that league, Far Du Canal took on CERFA, and it was, despite the fact that it was supposed to be route of the week, the youth team from Surfa pulled out a draw, uh, 2-2. I had predicted a 4-0 win on that, quite frankly, for uh, Far Du Canal. Our match of disappointed, a couple of sad sack bottom feeders. You, we went to Slovenia, who you voted for, to their first league, where we had last place Gorica taking on uh, number nine uh, Alumini, and uh, the result was a very disappointing but unsurprising nil-nil draw. That's the match of disappointed for you, by gosh. And then finally... Our most meaningless match in the world, again, it'll become clear in a few minutes, uh, was Thursday in the India Super League. We had number seven, Jamshedpur, taking on number six, Bengaluru, and Jamshedpur won three to two. A Spaniard named Ator Monroy got two assists, and the teams maintained their exact places in the table. And that'll do it for your recap of last week's 10 to track. Match number eight. And that wraps up our weekend, but we're not done with the matches. Monday, we get a good one in the Premier League of Bosnia and Herzegovina. That is the number 36-rated league in UEFA. It's right behind, surprising, Luxembourg, and it is up four from a year ago. They get one Champions League first qualifying round berth and two ECL first qualifying round berths, and they're about two-thirds of the way through the season. They're just a little bit ahead of some of the rest of Europe. Your matchup is number B, Zaleznachar, taking on number one, Sarajevo. Sarajevo lead by nine, and uh, both teams are actually based in that city. This is known as the Eternal Derby of Vazia and Herzegovina, or the Sarajevo Derby. A little bit about each. I've got to get my pronunciation right because there's a J in here. Zaleznachar. Again, they're based in Sarajevo. The word literally means rail worker. This was a team uh, started by the rail workers. Their main supporters group, not train-related, the Maniacs. I just sort of like that. Uh, they've got six league titles to their name, which in the post-Soviet area is the best in the country. They most recently won it in 2012-13. Most recently, internationally, they were in the Europa League and lost in the first qualifying round to Israeli club Maccabi Haifa. In the league, they did better last year, number two. They've got uh, a top three offense and defense going this year. And uh, the main guy to look for in the box score, tied for the team leading scorer position, is Ivan Lendrich. He is a Croatian attacker. And if you like League One in France and you like Lenz, you might know him. He played for them during the 2017-18 season. 
Meanwhile, Sarajevo, they are undefeated and known as aptly the Giants. They have five league titles to their name. They are the two-time defending leading champions. This year in the Champions League, they actually got out of the first qualifying round. They beat uh, Welsh team Connors Quay, kind of the number one uh, challenger every year to uh, TNS, the usual league leader there. But then they lost to uh, Belarusian team Dynamo Brest. They have both the number one offense and defense in this league. They're the only team scoring more than two goals per game, in fact. And they've got a guy tied for number one in the league in scoring in Benjamin Tatar. Although I say uh, have, but I should say had. It'll be interesting to see if they can make any kind of challenge for the title now because they just uh, traded or sold him on to a Saudi Arabian top flight team called Abha. Match number nine. New Bites, you get a breather on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, we head over to Switzerland, their Super League. It is the number 17 rated UEFA League. They get one Champions League second qualifying round berth and then uh, two ECL second qualifying round berths, a little over halfway through the season there, like most of Europe. Your matchup, number one, Basel, taking on number B, Young Boys, or Young Boys of Bern, more completely. Basel lead by 18 in the table, so there really isn't much of a fight left for the title. They've run away with it past tense, but Young Boys are in a dogfight for one of those ECL berths. There's a whole bunch of teams clumped well after Basel right there in the table. A little bit about your champions in waiting. Basel, that city, is in the northwest part of the country, right on the River Rhine. Maybe has 200,000 people. It's considered the cultural capital of Switzerland. It's the third biggest metro area, and about three-quarters of the people, as you might imagine, being in the northwest, are German-speaking. And I always like to throw in one culinary note per podcast, and I discovered a wonderful dessert that, even though I don't have quite this much of a sweet tooth, that I would still like to uh, see and try at least once. If I'm getting the pronunciation right, it's a hard spice biscuit, kind of a brick cookie, if you will, called Basler Lackerly. Uh, It's made up of uh, honey, hazelnuts, almonds, it's got candied peeling, and kirsch, which is a cherry liqueur. That would be my favorite part of it, the cherry flavor. And then while it is still piping hot, that is when they specifically cut it to give it its uh, friated uh, shape or striated. And then they also pour a sugar glaze on top while it's really, really hot. So in a way, caramelizing it. This team is the uh, best attended and most popular team in Switzerland. They get about 30,000 per match or so. They've got 20 league titles to their credit, most recently in 2016-17. Last year, they finished number three in the league. They have made the Champions League round of 16 three different times, all within the 2010s. Uh, Top four offense and defense, very well balanced. They uh, get to boast the number two league-leading scorer, a Brazilian guy named Cabral. He is a striker and only 22 years old. One wonders how soon he might be able to get into some even uh, bigger European leagues. Currently, he is on loan. uh, The defending Copa Libertadores champions, the Champions League in South America, they have him, Paul Myras, and they've loaned him out. This team also has a very good goalkeeper in Heinz Lindner. He's a homegrown Swiss guy. He played for Eintracht Frankfurt from 2015 through 2017. Meanwhile, your, I'll say challengers, but not really as many points behind as they are in the table. Bern, that city is in the west central part of the country. Uh, There's no official capital per se. Uh, They have kind of a Washington, D.C.-ish deal going on. It's a 
Bern is the de facto capital. It's considered a federal uh, city. I don't think it's part of any canton necessarily. Metro area is just under a half million people. They are the three-time defending Swiss Super League champs. They first made the uh, Champions League group stage in just 2018, so another team very much on the rise in recent years. Easily the best offense and even better on defense in this league. They're the only team that's letting go uh, or letting through less than one goal per match average. Yikes. But meanwhile, they do still have the number one league leading score in Ensame, one game name guy, if I'm getting right. He's from Cameroon. He's a striker. Played in League One in France for Angers. So we've been seeing a lot of Angers team uh, guys lately, 2012 through 2016. And he got a couple of national team caps in uh, Cameroon in 2017. And I just mentioned this guy not only, well, obviously not only because he's the goalkeeper for the best defensive team in the league, but I just like his name. It's spelled exactly as it sounds. The goalkeeper is David Von Balmuz. I don't really have a joke there or anything. I just thought it was cool. And match number 10. We're done. Finally. And your last official match, at least I say official because we still have our bonus matches to go. Match 10 is a Thursday match. We head back to Asia to Bahrain for an FA Cup called the King's Cup. The winners will get an AFC Cup berth out of that one. Uh, they are both from the top flight league there, and that league is rated number 24 out of 46 in the AFC league, so very nearly average. And your teams are Al-Rifa and Al-Ali. If Al-Rifa win, I... Uh, think that the win the cup I think that East Riffa is going to get to go out of the Premier League in Bahrain they're currently in the second position in the table Al Riffa they are in the western part of the city and it's effectively two cities uh, East Riffa and West Riffa I know that their area I don't think it's the whole thing is about 200,000 and the west side if you like your working class teams this may not be the team for you the west side at least historically uh, is very much more uh, residential has been the home of the royals and the big investors and businessmen. Very ooh-la-la, if you will. And they are uh, thusly known as their excellencies for the team nickname. Yeah, wouldn't you like to punch them in the snoozage? I think I might. Anyway, they've got six cup titles to their credit. Last one was two years ago, 2019. And uh, internationally, they made the uh, semifinals of the Asian Cup in 2010. This year in league play, they are undefeated, have the number one offense and defense 10 matches into the Premier League season. Guy to look for for this match, I believe, is their midfielder, Madi Al-Humaydan. He is the number two league scorer. And interestingly, he was with Al-Ali from 2017 to 2019, and now he will be facing off against them. Al-Ali are known as the Eagles, and they play out of the capital city of Manama. They have won this event eight times, most recently back in 2010. This year, not nearly the success that their uh, foes are having. Uh, they are just number seven in the league right now. And they've been pretty tough to even finish that high because neither their offense or their defense even rates that high statistically compared to the rest of the league. The team leading score, if they can manage to get a goal off their opponents, likely to come from the feet of Ali Madden. And interestingly, I think he was with Al Rifa until earlier just this season. And while our 10-to-track official matches are completed, our fun is certainly not done. Time for one of my favorite parts of the podcast, the bonus matches. This is a great time to let you know that you can get a hold of me on Twitter to talk about anything you want footy-wise and to vote on the polls for which matches get featured in our bonus matches. I scour all the top flight leagues uh, looking for candidates to fit the criteria. You vote on them. Soccer Noob USA is my handle on Twitter. I would love to hear from you and have you vote in the polls. Our first, we've looked at all the fl top flight domestic leagues in the world for first versus last place matches matchups in what is affectionately known as the route, route of, of the, the week. week. And the one you have selected is a Wednesday match. We're headed to Turkey. 
to their Super League, which I love the spelling, L-I-G on League. Don't know why. In any case, they get one Champions League playoff round berth. That's the round right before the group stage. One Champions League second qualifying round berth. Two ECL berths. And then a whopping four out of an odd-numbered 21 teams are going to get relegated. Uh, This isn't the only league to have this happen, but they uh, excused everyone from relegation and made one or more promotions from Division II last year to live up to their uh, financial and other obligations there. And so this year, they're going to send more teams down than usual. Your matchup is, uh, they're now no longer in last place, but when I scouted the match a few days ago, they were last. Now they're second to last, number 20, uh, Ankara Giju, and they are taking on number one, Galatasaray. Little bit about each. Uh, our guys from Ankara, they are five points from safety currently. Uh, they were just re-promoted to the top flight a couple years ago, 2017-18. Uh, they won the top flight title once, but it wasn't known as the Super League back then. In 1949, I don't know what it was called, but that was a long darn time ago. It's like the Chicago Cubs of Turkey or something. In any case, uh, they do have historically two Europa League appearances to their credit and hang their hats on, 1998-1999 and then the 2002 and 03 season. Uh, last year, they were one of the teams that got excused. Uh, they should have been relegated. They finished number 18. This year, they're kind of a scrappy little squad if you look at the statistics. They've got the second worst offense. They're a little bit better on defense, but their goal differential has them uh, tied for number 16 in the league. So while I think this team will get relegated, I don't think they're going to be this deep in the zone. They're going to be scrapping for a shot at staying up by the end of the year is my prediction. But it won't be based on the result here in the route of the week, probably. If they do have any hope, it comes perhaps on the feet of their uh, all-around best players, tied for number three in assists in the league. guy from the country of Georgia, a left winger named Saba Lobzendizi, I'm going to pronounce it. Uh, he's got na- 10 national team caps in Georgia going back to 2017, in fact. Meanwhile, uh, your likely butt kickers, Galatasaray. They're from Istanbul, the European side of the city. They're the most popular club. Uh, my note doesn't say in the city or the country, probably the country. 45% of the fan base there are uh, supporters of this particular club. The Lions, in fact, they have 22 league titles with their credit. Who doesn't love a winner? That is best in the nation's history, and they last won the league just a couple years ago, 2018-19. Best international finish. They won the Europa League back in 1999-2000. The UEFA ranks them just outside the top 60, probably, amongst all clubs. Last year, a little bit of a down year for them. They only finished number six in the table. This year, much better. Second best offense, very best defense in the league. They've got top 10 score, a guy from Senegal. And Baye Dianyi, a forward. Uh, if you like Juventus, and who doesn't? Well, I don't, but that's neither here nor there. If you follow Juventus and pay attention, they actually had to the rights to this guy for three years, 2013 through 15, but they always loaned him out. Uh, he is good enough that he's got 10 national caps going back to 2018 for his homeland of Senegal. And interestingly, I don't know if this is because they rotate guys or if there have been injuries, but they actually have three goalkeepers that statistically all rank in the top 10 of this league. Never seen that before. And outside of the She Believes Cup, of course, with the USA having participated in that, we have our first international to USA connection of the podcast. We usually don't have to wait this long. 
Uh, USMNT veteran DeAndre Yedlin uh, joined this team recently. He plays right back for uh, Galatasaray. Uh, he came up through the Seattle system by and large for his youth play, and then he played for Seattle Sounders for one year in MLS. Uh, he was with Hotspur very briefly, but only made one appearance for them, 2015-16. Then they loaned him out to Sunderland. Then he spent four seasons with Newcastle. He's got 62 national team caps going back to 2014. Been a real mainstay for our country. Most podcasts, and very understandably, give you the biggest matches from the biggest leagues in the world. And a few, not unlike this one, uh, will sometimes focus on uh, matchups that involve teams about to get relegated. But who else is giving you something like the most meaningless match in the world? What on earth is that? Well, while looking at all these leagues for things like the route of the week, I have also looked for matchups between two teams that are tied smack dab in the middle of the standings. Well, maybe not right in the middle of the table, but at the very least always exactly equidistant between the top spots that would get to go on to international competitions and the relegation zone. So, meaningless. Really not a whole lot at stake unless you're just trying to finish in the top half of the league. In any case, the match that you voted on, a Wednesday match, we go to Hungary to the NB1, their top flight. They get one Champions League berth, two ECL berths, and two teams get relegated. Neither of these teams is probably in danger of having any of those things happen to them. They're not far away from the top and the bottom of the league in terms of points, but they've both got so many teams to jump over or fall past that it just looks very, very unlikely. And uh, I ended up with two very tough ones to pronounce for Hungary. Uh, let us I'm never going to be a fan of this country's league, I don't think, just because of this. Hardest to pronounce. Uh, number seven, Mezekovejt, taking on number eight, Zolai Gerzeg. There, got it. Ha ha, the management. I can get my pronunciations right. Mezekovej, uh, they are three away from a European Champions League berth, and uh, they lead uh, Zolai Gerzeg, oh gosh, by five. Uh, Zolai Gerzeg, in turn, they are three points ahead of the uh, best team that is in the relegation zone there. In any case, Let's just call them your hosts. Uh, they're from a town of maybe 20,000 in the northeast part of the country. Uh, the club is named for a family that brought the wealth to the town by uh, getting their thermal baths going. This is the part of the country that's very famous for that uh, therapeutic tourist attraction. Last year, they finished number four in the league, a little bit better than they're sitting right now. Best finish domestically, they were the runners-up in the FA Cup in 2019-2020. This year, a perfectly mediocre 8-6-8 with a minuscule negative 4 goal differential. Uh, let's see, second to last off uh, offense and the number two defense. So this is a team that uh, very much likes to park the bus, as they say. Not going to be my favorite team if I ever get a chance to watch them. Uh, nevertheless, if they do manage any offense at all in this match, it will likely come at the feet of Marin Jurina or Jurina. Uh, he is time tied for the team leading goals. He is a Croatian uh, center forward. Meanwhile, your visitors, Zola Gerzig, uh, they're from the western part of the country, a uh, city of about 65,000. Uh, that's an area that's famous for once hosting something called the World Orienteering Championships. Now, before you get all excited and crazy, I know orienteering has a, has a social agenda, social justice, a whole different meaning right now. But orienteering, the sport, is 
racing, but it's kind of like the Great Lace on TV or something, and it can be done on ships or, in this case, on foot. Uh, World Orienteering Championships, you have a map and a compass, and you're trying to hit all these different points faster than anybody else, and they may not all be starting from the same points. Anyway, a little side note that was kind of fun to find out about this particular town. Uh, this club, if it rings a bell to you, you've been following Footy a long time. Their best-known feat was beating Manchester United in the Champions League qualifying stage in 2002-2003. Uh, the year that preceded that is the only time they've ever won the league title. Last year, they finished right about where they are now, number seven. Uh, they're the opposite of their foes today. They've got one of the better offenses in the league, but the second-to-worst defense. They nearly score two goals per match. This would be the team that Newby would be rooting for, quite frankly, if it weren't so darn meaningless. Anyway, that was strange. Got a little sing-songy. Guy to look for, if you're going to look at all, Rego Xantho. He is from Hungary, and he's tied for the team lead in scoring. He is just 20 years old, plays right midfield. Who knows? Could be moving on to a larger European league. We like to look for the young guys so that we're familiar with them. Ahead of some people who are maybe only listening to the podcasts that are all covering the same matches every week. Noob is different. In any case, uh, he is, uh, while he's not with such a great team now, he could be in the future. He's actually on loan from league leader uh, Ferenc uh, Varos right now. And at last, dear Newbites, if I may refer to you as such, we have truly come to the end of our podcast. It is time to put the extra donut in the box. The Baker's Dozen match number 13, where we don't believe in math of the 10 to track. What can I say? I don't want to cut any of my 10 regular matches, and I like me my bonus matches. We don't like to end the show with a bonus match that has any happiness or joy associated with it. We prefer instead to go with guilt, shame, woe, wailing, and gnashing of teeth. It is time to look at the match that you voted for, for two teams that are in last and second to last place in their domestic top flight. Kevin Sorbo, tell us what it is. The match of... Disappointed! Good golly, he does good work. The match of, not disappointment, we don't even believe in grammar, the match of disappointed. Isn't that right, Kevin? And the match you voted on on Twitter in the polls is the South African P Premier Division's bottom feeder matchup between second to last place, number 15, Maritzburg United versus number 16, and even worse, Black leopards. Uh, perhaps appropriately, they are tied on points at the table, a few they have, although maybe I shouldn't make quite so much fun of black leopards, they actually have a game in hand. So technically, maybe you could consider Maritzburg the last place team, but not yet. And there is a little bit of hope for these teams. Both of them are only three points from safety, so all hope is not lost. And if either of them is going to get three points, by gosh, this is a match to do it while they're playing another crappy team. A little bit about said crappy teams. Maritzburg. Uh, They're from the east central part of the country. City of about 650,000. They have a very interesting nickname. And it's right on the crest. I would say something is lost in translation. But it's on the crest in English. They're called the team of choice. Not nearly as snooty as their excellencies from earlier in the podcast, but just a little stilted sounding. Uh, last year, they finished a, a lot better, number seven in this league. Their best ever finish was uh, in 2017-18. They finished number four. Uh, best player to look for on the team, probably. Their team leading score is Judas uh, Mosea Medi. He has made uh, six national team appearances for South Africa going back to 2015 through 17. Meanwhile, the Black Leopards, they are from the Limpopo province, and I'm going to pronounce the name of the town or village Tholandu, uh, which I know translates to Head of Elephant. 
I'm not sure if that's their official nickname or not, but if not, it should be. They're in the northeast part of the country, a much smaller city, about 75,000. Uh, last year, they didn't do much better than they're doing right now. Number 15, their best ever finish was just barely in the top half of this league. Uh, number eight, uh, they were just re-promoted to the top flight in 2017-18 after spending about uh, five seasons in the second division. Uh, their team leading score, and this is a fun one to end the podcast on. I just love some of the African player names and the way they use certain nouns and adjectives and adverbs. His name is the team leading scorer Ovidi or Ovidi Avias Karuru. He's from Zimbabwe and he plays center forward for them. Uh, earlier in his career, he's a lot longer in the tooth now. He played for Boulogne, which at least currently is in the second division in France and a team that I believe is in the top flight in Belgium, O.H. Leuven. So good luck if you want to call it to both of these teams, but quite frankly, uh, both of you are such embarrassments that you do not get to come home for Sunday dinner. You don't get to bring significant others over if you have any. You're terrible putrid teams. And that will put a wrap on episode 22 of the Tend to Track Weekly World Match Previews pod. I hope you've had lots of fun. I know things are even a little bit more fun when my eight-year-old daughter, Persa Noob, is here, but I'm thankful to her for her countdown efforts, just as I am to you for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, I hope you'll pass it along to your uh, real-life soccer friends, friends on Twitter. Uh, I realize uh, producing something under a lofted bed may not be the most professional-sounding podcast, but it ain't so bad, and we really endeavor here to try to give you something with a little bit of comedy, strange as it is, and a lot of matches from places in the world that not all that many podcasts cover, and certainly not with any regularity. Thanks for joining me on this learning journey as I learn about the world of soccer, and hopefully you learn about some things you didn't even know with me. Thank you very much to my longtime friend, the editor and producer of this show, The Management, and for his voiceover work to my good friend, Dan, the former Interno Inferno. As for you, look forward to having you listen in again next time. And until then, have a fabulous footy week. (laughs) 